The little wooden house wasn't much, but he didn't need much. It had a bathroom and a big bedroom that doubled as a living room. A nice porch afforded a glimpse of the sea, but the house didn't offer much else. No aircon, no modcons, as the adverts for the apartments in the city read. It fit in nicely with the rest of the little fishing village surrounding it. He had read that it once aspired to becoming a tourist destination, and failed. Now it was a little shabby, poorly maintained, and pleasant. In short, he found it perfect for his needs. He was sure that the rent the chubby woman quoted him was high for the off-season. Still, it was less than he had expected her to ask. He bargained a bit, mostly for the sake of form. She grudgingly came down a bit, and the matter was settled. No contract, she told him, the smile she couldn't entirely suppress, suggesting he was still overpaying. Pay in cash. I don't want trouble with tax people. He smiled knowing that meant she didn't pay taxes. He shrugged it off. Her dealings with her government had nothing to do with him. He stepped out on the porch and inhaled the air, smelling the salt from the sea and the pungent odors of fish that drifted up from the market. I can work here, he thought. Fine, he told her, handing her the money. Just so we agree on the dates, I am paying for a full month. I don't cheat, she said. You'll be a good tenant, and we are friends. For some reason, unclear even to him, he trusted her. Not entirely, but he knew she wouldn't cheat. Exactly. She'd take every advantage, though. He'd have to keep an eye on the utility bills. She joined him on the porch and pointed down the street. Not far. A little way down the street is the best bar in town. It has good food, nice girls, clean girls. It's called the Texas Bar. Brad laughed, trying to remember if he had ever been in a waterfront town that didn't have a Texas Bar. He'd been in them from Barcelona to Malta to Bangkok. Good food? She shrugged. No one gets sick there in a long time. He laughed at the refreshing honesty, if that's what it was. What an excellent recommendation. And of course, you own it. She nodded, almost looking embarrassed, and handed him his key to the house. The door didn't look like it would withstand a stiff breeze, but he saw that she had invested in nice locks. You tell Charlie I send you down there. Then you can run a tab. You say Auntie Sue said you stay here and tab is okay. He nodded thinking that the last thing he wanted to do was run a tab with Auntie Sue. It was too easy to spend more than you thought if you weren't shelling out cash every time. He didn't think she, or possibly this Charlie, would have any compunction about improving the figures slightly in her favor. Thanks, he told her, and Auntie Sue left him to unpack. I think I like you, Auntie Sue he said when she was gone. Unpacking didn't take long. He had few possessions, just his computer and some notebooks and one bag with a few clothes and toiletries. This time he'd reached a new standard for traveling light. He didn't even have a book with him. Not that he had intended to leave all the books behind, 
but at the end there had been a bit of a hurry to get out of the place down in Malaysia. It was a shame, too. What had seemed a wonderful opportunity for a time had deteriorated rapidly into far too much unpleasantness. The speed that relationships could deteriorate continued to amaze him. He had to leave to be able to think. He took a deep breath and looked around. Unexpectedly, this was where he would write his story. He didn't mind that his agent had smirked when he told her his idea. His gut told him that it had life. The pulse of a story whose time to be told had come.